story, but it's, it's meant to sort of emphasize something. When I was young, this, this is a pretty good example of self-centeredness. When I was young, I was six years old, my father, you know, would play with me and everything. We were in a normal family. And then when I was six, he got really, he got really sick. So he wasn't going to be playing with me that much anymore. So my mother told me that, you know, dad's really sick. He's not going to go to the, you know, field with you. And then they got the family doctor to tell us kids. And, and I heard it. I heard what they were saying. But the way I received it was, what did I do to make my father not to want to play with me? This is the disease of self-centeredness, yeah? yeah? So in The Course in Miracles, they talk about, you know, I'm going, I'm going to go on a whole other thing right now. Right. In the Course of Miracles, they talk about guilt as a huge thing. People are living in a state of guilt. And it's rooted in being the doer, obviously. Because where does all guilt and shame rest but on the branch of personal doership? If you didn't feel like you were to do it, do it, there'd be no guilt or shame. Yeah? But you feel like you did something that you shouldn't have done, or you didn't do something you should have done. Yeah? And so it produces a something. Yeah? Well, it, the only where it could rest is on the branch of personal doership. Okay? So, the Course in Miracles would talk about this guilt all the time. And then I realized that was a perfect example of it when I was a kid, because I had nothing to do with my father getting ill, but I thought I had all to do with my father getting ill. Yeah? Because that's the only way self-centeredness could uh, translate or, or interpret that news, that I must have had done something to cause my father not to want to play with me. So this idea of guilt, I hope... I may, I may be using it totally the way they don't want me to use it, Klaus, but I'll just say it. So this guilt is this feeling that we separated ourselves from God. Yes, in a way. Yeah. So there's a feeling like when we're, when we're looking, we hear stuff like, oh, the beauty of all beauties and everything can be perfect and love, 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 love. And then you have your experience during the day and it doesn't really mirror that usually. Yes? And so, it's a very, it's like cognitive dissonance in a sense. You have this idea of perfection, but it ain't looking like it's manifesting, and somehow or another, you think you, it's, you're the reason why, in a sense, yeah? So they call it the feeling of being separate from God, you know? So, there's God, and we give it all these things, but then we chose to separate, and what does that make us, Yeah? Now, I ran into this when I was... The first spiritual group I ever met was when I was 18. It was a, spirit, it was a guru, Indian-type uh, group. And I got initiated into a form of knowledge, practice, meditation. And the, a lot of the people were presenting him as the Lord of the Universe. Yes? The Lord of the Universe. Pretty big meaning. You know what I mean? I mean, just let it roll off your tongue a few times. It has a lot of meaning. The Lord of the Universe. All right. So now, all right, there's the Lord of the Universe. Now, I may have agreed or not, but I was in this, and there's movement. That was a lot of what it was about. The Lord of the Universe has come, and, you know, the Lord of the Universe. All right. So here I found myself. Here's the Lord of the Universe, and I'm a follower, and I don't like the Lord of the Universe. Now, what does that make me? Man, well, I went through years of what it made me. And it was a lot of fucking downloads of a lot, a lot of bad feelings. Of my, how could, 
how could I not like the Lord of the Universe? I mean, that's an impossibility, but I don't like the Lord of the Universe. So, the guilt and shame I had about that was, uh, it drove me crazy. So, the spiritual path, and it was funny because I didn't know anything about gurus, but as soon as I met one, I had tons of ideas about what a guru should be, what he shouldn't be, what I should be, what I shouldn't be. Tons of them, they just kept coming. For years. So, I realized... I hadn't experienced any of this. It's just like the in the computer system, the uh, like the iCloud. Yeah, there's this nefarious place that isn't a place that tons of information is stored. Yeah, and if you hit a certain thing, it triggers some downloads. Well, guess what? It, on your little keyboard of life, Paul, <laughs> you hit the Paul or the Tanya, and it downloads. A lot of ideas and concepts about topics. Yes? It's sort of like a crazy Wikipedia with absolutely based on no fact whatsoever. Just tons of assumptions. So, spiritual practice. Boom! You know, oh, I'm going to meditate like this. It was unbelievable. It was like I was living in a self imposed straitjacket about something that was supposed to liberate me for five years, which to the point where I'd, be go, I'd go to a retreat. And he would go on this cavalcade, and jokingly, but not jokingly, I was thinking, if I could get like a delayed poison dart and hit him as the cavalcade passed me, and he wouldn't pass out for another 50 yards, they wouldn't know where it came from. And then I'd be done with it. The Lord used to be done, and I could just go on living my life instead of this incredible... You know, that's what it was. It was it was just wreaking havoc. Just everything got so serious when the whole point was a you know light L I G H T. All I got was more mental seriousness and heaviness. So and it was just what was the trigger of all that download was Paul. Yeah, as soon as Paul who represents ideas, it's a representative of the mental state. When Paul met the Lord of the Universe, then all this information downloaded into Paul about all this stuff and me. And it was really fucking heavy for five years. I wouldn't leave because he's the Lord of the Universe, but I couldn't stand the Lord of the Universe. I wouldn't let my... <laughs> it was like unbelievable. So, And I, I figured I had never met this topic in my life. Where were all those ideas coming from? Yeah? I mean, I swear to God, I had no experience of guru or meditation or devotion, but I had tons of ideas and concepts about them. That's it. All you, as a name Paul represents, you think it represents the body. To the mental state, it represents all that information that can download. All insane possibilities that will never happen, but you'll feel like they could. All of that stuff, all these ideas. So every time you walk in a room, there's thoughts about you walking into the room. They're not coming from the event of walking in the room. They're coming from Paul. The idea of being Paul walking in the room accesses that, and that all those dead ideas, and they download, and they affect your experience here. It becomes, you become the carrier of the interpretation of the day. You're not getting an interpretation, you're the carrier of it. By whatever you meet, that's, that sets it off, that it's you meeting it, triggers that download, and then tons of ideas show up. Relationship, tons of ideas, yeah? You had no idea what a relationship with another woman or a man was, but you had tons of ideas of how you should be, how they should be. 
Yeah, where did it come from? Not from experience. came from a mental state, a storage of the mental state. Millions and millions of freaking crazy ideas about you and you with others and you as others and all like that. Yeah? And you get to be the harbinger of it. You're not getting the news. You're bringing the news into it. Yeah? And what triggers it is the Paul or the Tanya or the Mary. If you didn't have a feeling of Paul, it wouldn't trigger the download. You'd be responding to what actually is happening. Seriously. You would walk in a room. There wouldn't be thoughts about it. You would walk in. A feeling would arise and there would be a noting of the feeling. Yes? Then you would see the, the thought reaction. It's still not yours. See the thoughts reaction. The thought says why you're feeling the way this feeling is and this is what you should do. Well, you don't follow it. You just watch what it does. It claims the feeling. It says it's mine and you're very uncomfortable and when you're uncomfortable, whatever. And it just, it like writes the rollout for you, has the script already written and voila, yeah. Dead, like a dead movement after a dead movement after a dead movement after a dead movement. Now, at this point, you're resenting things, which is re-feeling things, you're rethinking things, you're rehashing things, re, 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 you're just doing again all day. The life has been squeezed out of it, and you get left with the lemon, basically. Really. So this idea of the guilt in, in, in a in the Course of Miracles, because the guilt of all of the things we've omitted and committed, we're trying to get rid of it. We're trying to dump it. And that's what they say the world's about. We're just trying to dump out guilt here. Usually, look at how you treat a significant other. You, you usually wouldn't treat a stranger like that. Because you think you can get away with this with the significant other. Yeah? So, alright, I'm going to be a dumping load for you. You're dumping load for me. Yeah, but of course my loads are going to be bigger than yours. And if your loads get bigger, fuck you, I'm out of here. And there's this whole thing, yes? Where's the love? So they, this is beautiful. So they talk about forgiveness, but then they said there's another state, which is atonement, which is you have the realization no one ever did anything. So there's no need to forgive slights perceived or real because nothing ever happened as you thought it did. And the connoting and denoting the thought as the most important aspect. Nothing ever happened as you thought it did. Yeah? So the atonement, the freedom, is prior to what needs to be forgiven. That's the real relief. And this message is based similar to the same thing. It's prior to bondage. We're not saying you're troubled. We're not saying you're not troubled. We're saying you're not the you that's troubled. Yes? The trouble will come and go if there's no you to grab it and put it into an orbit. Yeah? I'm troubled. Oh, little for you. I'm troubled. Trouble. It's like taking... No, we're like marathon runners put in a closet. We're running around a little lap of rehashing, rethinking, refeeling. And then what happens is we change the scenery so, so it looks like it's a new lap. It's the same fucking oval we've been going over for years. Just change the names of things. The same, same. Yeah. It's dead. It's like a muted, it's like a trumpet just with a mute in it all the time. Yeah. 
Ah, so this was really novel when I started to hear this idea because I had been convicted in those mental courts and there was no way I was going to get released for some of the things I thought I did. No fucking way. No penance was going to do it. No, no divine forgiveness. None of that because I thought I was right about how wrong I was. Yeah? And it wasn't letting go. It had to be brought somewhere else. And thank God it was brought to that court of light, let's say, and where nothing has ever happened. There's been no convictions. There's no sentencing. You're not on probation. They're all of your own making. To admit that you don't really want to be free because you want to be free as what can't be free, that's the beginning of something. Let that stuff become as real as it wants to be and you'll see it's unreal. But if you're busily trying to make it unreal by spiritual practices and everything else, it will be as real as real can be. Because you and I give everything all the meaning it has. You and I give everything all the meaning it has. Doesn't say you and I give something, some meaning. You and I give everything all the meaning it has. How can something seem so real that isn't real unless reality is giving it the meaning? Where is that reality? It's right where you sit. Yeah. How could something that isn't real seem to be real unless it was seeming to be real to reality? Where else would it get reality? A sense of reality from? Where? It would have no idea what it was. It couldn't even fake it. But... False evidence appears real to what's real. Yeah? And I find false evidence appears real to what's real quite easily when what's real is taking itself to be something it isn't. Because it's already based on a false evidence appearing real, which is the body, and therefore it's prone to fall for other false evidence appearing real. Yeah? And so on and so forth, producing a dis-ease and a discomfort and then when we look for relief, we look at it in all the wrong places, outside of ourselves. We think, if they would only stop bothering me, I'd be great. But you'll find another me to be bothered by. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. If something hasn't worked to this day, it's probably not going to work. So on a lighter note, I wanted to talk about a little premise we have called Retreat from Paul, one of my favorite <laughs> takes. So this is how it goes about. Yeah? We're going to send you some CDs of some of the talks and some DVDs of some of the film things, and we're going to send you a, a CD of um, ex-girlfriend's testimonials, how great it feels not to be around Paul. <laughs> And so we're going to give you a sense of what it's like to be around Paul. And, and I'm going to say, listen, if you send me 50 bucks, I promise I won't go anywhere you're at for that weekend. And I bet you you'll feel the presence by my absence. In your life. Yeah? And if it works for you, sign up for that and send it to the P.O. Box in Hawaii. And you can live for a year on, in a retreat from Paul. And you'll be feeling the presence of Paul's absence in one's life. Yeah? And I bet you I would get checks to that video box. I would. If I put it on the website or YouTube, they probably, someone would sign up for the retreat from Paul. 
Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Really, they would. I want to sign me up, man. Let me see. All right. I'm, I'm, give me where you're going to be this week. I won't be there. Oh, I'm feeling fucking great. As soon as I, didn't, I haven't seen Paul in a few days. I feel this presence. Yeah. <laughs> they won't sign for $50. You have to charge $500. Oh, that's right. $500. Yeah. I'll make it yeah, more important. I know. But that's the absurdity of it. I heard this thing that some people went on a retreat and they did a, a sweat and they, had, they died. And they were paying like $30,000 to be on the retreat. So they paid $30,000 to die. It's incredible. Yeah? Blows my mind. That urge to get out of something as the something is really, really stubborn. It keeps on keeping on. Yeah? You always want to be included. Yeah? You, even to the point of, of absurdity that you want to have an experience of your own absence. You want to be there to get it. <laughs> I mean, this is so much simpler. Just when you're worrying about next week, why not just ask who it is that's worrying about next week? Because the importance of next week isn't coming from next week, it's coming from who's going to be in next week. Yeah, really get to the root of it. What you're worrying about, no one probably else would be have any interest in because it's not about them. Yeah? Why not look at where the, the meaning is giving? Stop giving next week the power to affect you when the meaning about next week is coming from you. Yeah. Just like that statement, you and I are the dreamer of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming and we give everything we're dreaming the power to affect us. So we're dreaming about next week. A lot of times, yeah? And we're giving next week the power to affect us where? Now. Not in next week. But now. What could possibly do that? Next week can't. It's not happening. But what is happening? And what's producing that effect? Not next week. Next week is being used to produce the effect. Yeah? Next week is being used to produce the effect. And your belief is what's causing it to seem so. You have faith and you have some fear about how you're going to be next week. And by thinking about it, you produce a contraction or an ill ease now. Over and over and over again. I mean over and over and over again. That's what the mind does, the conditional mind. It thinks about you yesterday and tomorrow... And it produces a sense of you now. And that you is scared shit that it's not going to get what it wants and it's going to lose what it has. And it has a lot of days to ruminate over it. Because there's going to be a Monday probably following this day. And there's going to be all these other challenges on you. And then unfortunately, no matter how great you do Monday, there'll be a Tuesday to fuck up in. Yeah? And then on Wednesday to have guilt about what you should have done on Monday. And then Thursday even a, a lifelong depression could start. Yeah? It would be great if every day was one second. We'd all be successful. I could just say, that's done. Great. Bring on Monday. Yeah. It's going wonderfully. You know? But unfortunately, 901 is followed by 902. 
and 903. And all this thing that you're calling a stable unit is very, very volatile. Emotional, circumstantial, situations, physical. You'll be feeling fine, then suddenly a pain, and you're having an apodectomy, whatever, you know. Like that. It stops your whole day. Where is there relief and peace there? Where can you rest your head in all of that? Circumstances and situations can go awry like that. Find where there is rest and then rest there. Tell the truth where there is no rest. Yeah? And it will lead you to where there is rest. And when you hit where there is rest, the appropriate response is rest. Get rejuvenated. Find peace that's available right now. Not as a commodity after you do and have certain things, but as a basic state that's prior to everything else. Why make it something as a goal that you need to get to or fail at when it's prior to all of that? No matter what's been seen, there's only been the seeing of it. What quality is that? Is that your quality? Are you conscious? Are you actually working to look out the window right now? Or does just seeing happen? Yeah. Am I straining to just see? I'm going to see an eagle. I'm going to see an eagle. It still won't appear unless an eagle appears. Then I'll see it. Yeah. Are you thinking, really? Are you sitting here? I'm thinking. I can. I started an hour ago. I hear it comes. I thought I got away from it. It's coming from wherever. What's the other? Kensington. And then, oh, it hit. There it is. It's mine. This is my thought. It's just, that's a thought upon a thought upon a thought. The feeling of being a thinker is a thought that you're the thinker. It's a thought that you never have anymore. It's in place. And now every other thought is had by that thought. Every other thought is, is held by I'm the thinker. The freedom from thought is from, from the thought of I'm the thinker, not from thoughts. You will get lost in the thoughts, but look at the thinker. If you're not the thinker, you'll lose interest in the thoughts. They will not dominate your life anymore. Something else will override the thoughts, which is what's happening now. You'll respond to what's happening and have an immunity to what's not happening. The only place you have a life in what's not happening is through thoughts. You have to think about last week. You can't go back there. There's no airport you can land at next week. It's not there. The only way it can have an effect is by the thoughts, the mind thinking about it. Now. And then you hear this information, and then the self, this idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, says, I'm going to do something to get out of that. But that's what it is. Self can't get out of self. If self gets out of self, that's still self. Yes? The problem is mobile. It goes with you. Yeah? It's not like in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, I left the problem. I left self about an hour ago. Where do you think you are now, self? Yeah. Self is attempting to get out of self. The, the range of self is wherever you are. <laughs> wherever you are, the self could possibly seem to be. <laughs> you can't outrun it. <laughs> I tried with alcohol and drugs. 
I could try to outrun it. I couldn't. <laughs> You're the thing that's casting the shadow. It's not an independent shadow chasing you. You're, you're what's producing it. <laughs> you have to get rid of you to get rid of that, and you think that that you, you, you could get rid of is you, and you won't get rid of it. You're going to include it. You're going to include it. You're going to include it in the spiritual awakening. You want to be awake. That's why this spiritual awakening isn't being noticed, because you're looking for it. I don't know how many, you can say it thousands of ways, but if you don't, if you leave the first knot, it's, it's just becoming not masters. It's like being a professor of holes, you're going to keep falling in holes, but you'll know it now. I mean, it's, oh, that's great, you know, now you know you're fucked. I thought it was better when I didn't know I was fucked. Now I, 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 know, I know why I'm fucked, but you're still getting fucked. What's the point of that knowledge? Self-knowledge avails you nothing. Any knowledge claimed by self will avail you nothing in the escape from self. It will neuter it. It will neuter this message as easy as it does everything else. It has no respect for 5,000-year-old lineages or robes or loving gazes. It will claim anything that it comes in contact with. And it will make it into something. Yes? So the statement, know thyself or to thine own self be true, trap. Yes? If it's you knowing thyself, for sure. <laughs> like, like this master, Ramana Maharshi, says it beautifully. To know God is to be God. It's so beautiful, really, if you listen. To know God is to be it. Yeah? What happens in the mental state, to know God is to become a knower of God. That's not it. If you really knew God, you would be, you'd realize you're being God. Yeah? If you really know the self, you realize you're not one. Seriously. You can't study what you are, but you can study what you're not. Yeah? But what you are can never be studied. You cannot study non-duality. You can study duality and then apply the non-duality idea to it. Yeah? And negate it. But you can't get non-duality through the study of non-duality because you can't study non-duality. You can study duality because it can be seen. It can be, yes, you can check it out. Hot and cold, day and night, yes? Feeling connected and then disconnected and then connected. Those are all dualistic swings of a split mind that's dreaming. That's what it is. Based on the original dualism, which is subject-object. You taking an object to be a subject and then objectifying everything to you. Yeah? So you don't recognize you're the same you that you're looking at. You think it's me. Why? Because you gave the attributes of spirit to you, to the body, and you crown it me. You're not giving the attributes of spirit to the other person, you're seeing them as a you. Yeah? But you're special, you're it's me. Yeah? You don't see it. The structure, you're walking on the structure, you're walking on the painted, the painted footmarks for the dance floor. It's all, it's all structured. It's all made up. Life happens, and then there's an interpretation of life from a mental state. That's called self-centered. 
So everything is seen as how it pertains to you. That's not seen. If everything is seen as how it pertains to you, that's a form of looking called self-centeredness. And it's a blindness to seeing. If you apply the looking to try to find seeing, it will never occur because it's always occurring. You'll miss it. And the harder you look, the more you'll miss it. It's not going to budge. You're not going to see it. You're not going to touch it. You're not going to feel it. You're not going to have it. You're not going to achieve it. You can't lose it. Yeah. You're not going to amp it up, nor are you going to diminish it. Yeah. You get there by realizing you never left. Basically, that's it. As soon as you realize you were in a self, you will find out what you are. Yeah. All the information about self will distill to one thing. I'm not that. Yeah? Once you put that question mark in there, when light comes into this t- topic, you'll see it for what it is, which it isn't. Yeah? You'll see all the structuring, all the pointing, all the assuming, all the insinuation, yet there's nothing it's pointing at. It's just pointing, you and I do the leap into taking ourselves to be. There's nothing to be, but we just take ourselves to be. We already are. There is nothing we can be, but we take ourselves to be something, a mental idea, put on a physical reference point. That's what it is. And then we live a self-centered life and it's producing tons of tons of pollution and smog and dis-ease and, and unhappiness in our lives and we can't seem to get out of it because we're trying to as a self. Which is just promoting new kinds of disease. You get rid of one, a new one morphs in. Yeah? We don't see that. We're giving the meaning to things. We're thinking meanings are being imposed on us by things. We want liberation from things, but as a thing. Give up thingness and you'll be liberated from things. Doesn't mean the action figure is not going to do it. They were never your preferences anyway. This Ford turns a certain way, like a lot of other Fords. My head wants to say they're mine. They're very special little turnings. No? And the turnings won't stop when you realize there is no self because the self was never doing any of it anyway. It's just the action figure. It's a pretty advanced little thing going on and it's, inter- it's an interaction with life producing experiences. But it's not what's seeing. It's being seen. Awareness is seeing this little pantomime. This is what happened. I heard it, I entertained it, and that's the only reason why I I never leave this point. Because if you do, without this being clear, it's pointless. Because the mistake will use space and time and geometrically progress. So a little mistake will become seemingly a really big one. Like they used to say, like one step is like a 10,000, that's it. One step amplified will be like 10,000 feet away, which from a point you never moved from. But it will feel like it. It will really, really feel real what's going on. Because more and more reality will be given to things, and less and less will be resting in its own nature.
your interest and attention will be busily scurrying around from one thing to another thing, again, trying to make it better for this thing, all the while losing the glow of what you are. That's yeah, crazy, man. It's, to me, it's like a form of slavery. It's just dogshit awareness. You're just on and you know you're on. You know? There's the sense of I am generating a vibration and you're conscious of that. Yeah? In other words, one baseline, one base note prior to all the other notes is now being heard. And it brings a semblance of peace in your life. Because that note n- did not come, did not go, and it's, un- the, it's the underlying note of all notes. And you're on that string now. Yeah? It's plucked all day, and it's just the reverberation echoes and echoes and echoes with everything that comes, with everything that goes, with all the feeling of being far from and close to. None of them are yours. They're just movements of mind. Yes? You're that stillness that sees it all. None of this could possibly happen without you. Here's the secret handshake. (laughs) Who's ever been here the longest will get it first. Feel it like it broke the spell a little. It's good, eh? (laughs) Nice feeling in there. I know that lady. How are you doing? Good. Good. I think we're over. (laughs) Soon. All right, I'll try it, my eyes. Let's see. Really, I just, you know, tell you the truth, I have such an honor, I like the, just the one delivery of it is more than enough for me, you know? I honor that. Sometimes it's like putting too many presents under the tree. You get lost in the presents. But hey, probably an old idea I'm going to have to have to let go of the get into the business of this so I can have you come on day retreats and pay me lots of money to get nothing. You know? I have to have a lot of filler. You know, while I'm out having lattes, you'll be sitting quietly for hours on hours. And then you'll attribute all the effects that you produced as something I had something to do with when I had absolutely nothing to do with it. And you'll, you'll support a very lavish lifestyle for me. Yeah. You know? And then when I come in town, you'll say, can, I, can we have a longer retreat? Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> more lattes, more desserts, you're in there. How are they doing out there? They're, they're sitting still. Well, for the eight, all right, I'll come out for ten minutes and say something. <gasps> that was so profound. Well, anything would be after eight hours of sitting quiet. You know? You know? <laughs> I mean, you know how much we attribute to others that they had nothing to do with? You feel so great, it's the crowd, probably. You want to focus it on the one person in front, it's you brought it to the thing. You brought the energy to the event, and somehow in another, the energy gave you permission to let it go. Yeah? And you just can't bear to think it's you, so you have to pin it on someone else. And they're going to have to fail you. Just like they say in Zen, if you see the Buddha on the street, shoot him. Because it's a way of attributing what you are to someone else. 
so that you can forget that you are it. Yeah? Oh, shoot him. So that you're left with your, that nature, that nature that is your nature. Not yours as a commodity, but innately what you are. Yeah? This is, we're just here to amplify it. So we gather together, and you can feel it in the room. It gets amplified. There's like our living, vibrating pores now. Yes? It's very, it's dripping, actually. So you're in there, you can get nourished by it. Yes? This is, we're all in cahoots. No one's producing this. This is just flowering from what's already here. Yeah? And when you came in, it was the same possibility. When you leave, it's the same possibility. Exactly the same possibility. Because you brought it, you were with it here, and you leave with it. I remember when I first did these talks, I'd get really high. I don't get, it's never different. It's just the same all the time. <laughs> All the fun's been taken out of it because it's not an experience. <laughs> I'm serious. If you're an experienced junkie, this isn't for you because there's nothing. It's not an experience. It's just what is vibrating away, and you're laying on that note, and that vibration's moving through you on that bass on that line. Yeah, it's not a big thing like that. It's just. And then all the demarcations and the divisions of time, like days, they just they just fade out, you know. The hierarchy of experiences fade out, and then you just have this huge experience of like always in time. Yeah, that this little section of always called time is going to end, but you've been in the always the whole time. Experiences have come and gone. You don't even remember anything. Yeah. You don't remember. Like, when I go home, no one even asks me how the trip was. Because I, I say, it's over. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's it. I have no memory. I'm not mining this. I'm not going to go home and mine what happened here. Because where I am, it's still happening. I don't have to deaden something and try to suck the last juices out of it. The live thing is occurring constantly. So all these partitions that just get... They just blend into this one big fucking event. Yeah? You appear here, you appear in Toronto, you appear back in Tam Valley, you appear, 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 that's it. But where did you appear out of is what you are. What do you leave and go back to is what you are. Yeah? <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And it's so subduing. It's just a nice vibe. Yeah? You just chilled out. I'm not looking for a super turbocharged Sunday night. To make up for this lousy Saturday Sunday afternoon. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not in the market for it. I swear to God. You want to have more exciting life? No, thank you. I don't. <laughs> Do you want to be doing anything other than now? No, I don't. Yeah. You can't have that as a practice. That's a result. That's a result of your mind moving from self-centeredness to centeredness. Yeah. It's not bound by experiences anymore. It outshines them. It's not bound by circumstances, situations. It outshines them. Yeah? It's not bound by physical conditions. It outshines them. It's not bound by spiritual philosophies. It outshines them. Yeah? 
and you recognize it as truly reliable, you can rest, you know? You can fucking finally rest this insane head. You thought it was going to be like a horizontal pillow, but it's a vertical pillow, really. Yeah? You, you break through the loop of self-importance, which is horizontal, and you open up to verticalness. A lot of possibilities of downloading. Yeah. funny how much we forget by trying to remember what's forgettable. Yeah. Try to remember so hard what's forgettable, we tend to forget what is. Yeah. So much easier just to read what is and forget what's forgettable. All that you hope that would bring you, you've got already. You've got, you're replenished, you're refilled, you're filled. It's never ending. It's always available at all times. And it's not asking for anything. But it will respond to your attention and interest. It will give like multifold for a little attention and interest. You'll be blessed quite a lot. You know? And maybe, just maybe, you'll honor it more than you honor a lot of other things. And in so doing, you'll be honored, to tell you the truth. Yep. In some of the traditions, the question is asked, are you happy, sad, or angry? Uh, it seems to me that that's the mind thinking what it is and not being it. Yeah, exactly. What's wrong with sadness? Sometimes it's usually rich. It's a very rich experience. And you've acquired a lot of stuff that a lot of parts of you are very sad about. It's nice that they can come out and leave, like letting them go of a flock of birds that you've got caged in. Let them be freed into the sky, into the space that you are. I just had a huge event with that, an older man who used to come to the talks, he's passing away. Bedridden, now he's just like a straw man. Touch him, it's, it hurts everything, the bones, you know. There's no skin really left. But he's awake, and... Uh, just think of now, it just provokes so much sadness in me, seeing him through me, and it was rich as hell. It just was such a joy, and the energy in the room was gorgeous, you know, and I'm really happy he's going to be done, <coughs> you know, you know, with the body condition. You know, it would be nice to see him go, and he's, and he's ready to go. And it's just like, to me, it was like a beautiful bon voyage for something that's never leaving, you know, just like, but it was really rich. That wasn't provoked. That just was the possibility was available for that to occur because I'm available, you know, where before I wasn't, and all that stuff would get stored up and then come out inappropriately. Now I'm available when sadness needs to be had. It's had, and then it moves away, leaving a clean slate in an empty space for something else to fold momentarily. Yes, that's how living is, you know. If you don't know what brings it on, I was dealing with the tow truck, 
driver, you know, the tow place, the, the extortion racket, $65 for him to hold my car for two day, for a day, two hours. I was trying to get out of that little plan. And then his, his wife called me and says, you got to come. And what she was concerned about was the DVD I gave him in the room he's to get the DVD out so someone doesn't take it or something. and you know he's passing away so he went you know just hit me like a ton of bricks went there and it was joyous and so empty you know just came did his thing and left and enriched it was a very enriching experience there's no it's, it hasn't been quantified or captured or made into a story it's just life happening yeah you're a big enough vessel to receive it and to let it go, don't you think? You probably don't, but you are. Yeah. Same with anger. Anger, everything. Anger is a useful energy. That's all it is. I mean, a lot of times I have the anger in the talks. If I had a sword, I'd be cutting heads off here <laughs> with my own head. Mine would go first, and I cut yours. Oh, for sure, man. Anger has been a very appropriate. It's been used in these talks quite a lot over the years. I'm not into the calm, loving, gaze thing. I'm sick of that. It's like a, it's like pablum to me. You know, you ever seen this Ignata Maharaj? He was pretty. He was pretty animated. You know, he's like fucking. You've been here too long. Get out. He laid the message on, and if they started, you know, perching there, he'd kick them out. Go ahead and live. I have. To, I feel exactly the same way. It's not like this. Isn't like a fucking sucking a teeth for eight years. This is like my job is to become obsolete. My success is when you don't need to come here, but you like to. That's great. Let's. I love that. I have that with Tanya and some of the other people who've seen me for a long time. But. My to be successful in my job, it should be obsolete. I should become obsolete. I'm just a mailman. Yeah? I'm delivering the good news. You're the good news. Yeah? That's the news. <clears throat> really. If I had a big following and it kept expanding, I'd really have to look at what I'm doing. Seriously. Something's wrong if, another, if, if there's another dependency growing on it. Yeah? <clears throat> i got to stop soon. The energy is rushing too fucking much. <laughs> I'm going to have a heart attack <laughs> soon. Yeah. When this comes through, it's very strong sometimes, energetically. Yeah? And that's why I wouldn't want to do long things, because my apparatus wouldn't take it. wouldn't be able to take it. It's fucking, it's, uh, it can be stressful on the body. You know? It's a lot of very strong juice is pushing out of a of a of this thing in a sense, and you know it, it's I've noticed I've had to learn how to take care of myself quite a lot because it's very strong, you know, and um, it amplifies what's ever weak in the body at the time it's moving through it very much. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for it. Now, man, it's nothing to be played with. I just think it needs to be honored more, you know, and I honor it. I take this as a great privilege to be able to entertain this idea with with us, because yeah? I really honor it. I've seen 
you know, I've seen the possibility of it pragmatically reveal itself in my own life, you know. The events of my life have been radically changed by this message. Radically changed. It affected, you know, I've had 26 years of unbroken, you know, sobriety with no thought or effort of alcohol and drugs. Never. Totally like the problem doesn't exist for me. Yeah? And it didn't stop there. It went farther to take the root of the problem, weaken that, which is the identification as a self. And weaken that sufficiently where I have immunity to thoughts and what's not happening. Yeah? As a living thing. It's not happening. <clears throat> if that could be a good newscaster, we could create, right? Yeah, great. What's not happening is what most of the mental states are occupied with right now. <laughs> We're not responding to what's happening. We're reacting to what's not happening. Tell the truth. Look at the value system of your thought system. It's about yesterday and tomorrow, not now. If it valued now, there wouldn't be a thought going on. If the value, if the thought system valued now, there would be no thought. But it's using now to think about yesterday and tomorrow. It doesn't value now. It doesn't value the moment. It fills it up with thoughts about yesterday and tomorrow. If you want to put your money in that, you're going to get a bad. You're going to get a certain return. You're going to get anxiety from a place where there's, into a place where there's no apparent thing to be anxious about. You'll be taking it from three weeks from now, and it will be blossoming right in this moment. And you'll feel a contraction where nothing else is bringing that, not even fainting like this should be a contraction. Yet you'll contract. Contract, contract, contract. If you get into the habit of contract, there'll be points where you won't be able to uncontract. This will be the new norm, yeah? Do you feel like you feel like do you feel like you feel like a kid now? Kids were very, very uncontracted, and now all this we're pretty damn fucking contracted. That's it. Yes. For today. I gotta stop. 